Amen. God's been faithful. He is faithful. Quite a good day on the buses today, about 450 on buses today. I think there were, let me see, 10 that trusted Christ as Savior, two that followed the Lord in believers' baptism. Very good day, Brother uh, Swartz had a good day with 26 in his nursing home service this afternoon, and uh, appreciate the, that work up there. Open your Bibles again to Hebrews 11. I want you to look at verse number 6, and then I want you to turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. I want you to look at one other verse there, and that is verse number 14. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and verse number 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently, doesn't say casually, doesn't say occasionally, but it says those that diligently, are you with me? Those that diligently seek him. Mark chapter 16, verse number 14, he's meeting with the 12, and he says, Afterward he appeared unto the 11, or I should say 11 of the 12, unto the 11 as they sat at meat and upbraided them, upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And I love what he says to them next after he upbraids them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. They had a real quick get right with God meeting. And uh, he upbraided them and then he sent them to all the world to preach the gospel. I'm going to preach tonight on this subject, the consequences of unbelief. Perhaps you have not thought of faith in the manner in which I'll present it tonight. But I want you to think with me as I preach on the subject, the consequences of unbelief. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pause to pray. And I think of this probably every time I pray at this time. And I do not pray because of habit or requirement. I pray because of hunger, a hunger for the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is not the only time I prayed this prayer today. And every time I woke up through the night, and early this morning, and walking through these buildings this morning and this afternoon, I hunger for your power. I pray that prayer more than any single prayer. And I pray that you'd help me, Lord, just to be a voice, just to be an instrument of your truth as I preach tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now please think with me as I go through the first ten minutes of this hour and a half sermon tonight that I'll preach, that I will preach in just 27 minutes, but it is an hour and a half long, but I'll move quickly. The Bible says much about faith and believing. It's obvious from the very beginning of the scripture, from the book of Genesis all the way through Revelation. The Bible tells us of the power of faith. The Bible tells us of the influence of faith. The Bible tells us of the effect of faith and believing. Hebrews chapter 11 is a long list of those who by faith accomplished the will and work of God. And they did things that could not be done. They did things that could not be done by mortal man, but they were accomplished through faith in God. You see, faith is a process in the way of receiving Christ for salvation. Uh, Romans chapter 4 and verse number 5, speaking of Abraham, faith was counted for uh, righteousness and so from the beginning of our Christian life through every activity and behavior and accomplishment and victory of our Christian life it is all brought about by faith are you with me so far 
Faith is a way we claim the promises of God in our life. Faith is a way we activate the promises of God in our life. It's sad that a multitude of promises lie dormant in the average Christian that they could have if they would just claim them, if they would just activate them through faith in God's Word. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world, the Bible says in 1 John, and that's a powerful statement. It's more than a cliche. It's more than a song. Faith, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is key to victory in every area of the Christian life. Now, some may look at faith after salvation and the promises of God and just decide they are going to be complacent with what they have and not further their Christian life in faith and belief, thinking, I may miss a few of the extras, I may miss a few of the bonuses of God for not exercising the work of faith in my life and in the promises of God. Now, don't miss it. However, the Bible goes further on this matter and tells us not only the power of faith, but it tells us of the harms and harmful consequences of unbelief. There's no way to just be neutral. You can't say, well, I was saved by faith, but I'm not going to keep going by faith. I'm just going to be satisfied with my faith for salvation. We may think that we can choose to live uh, what we call satisfied with God, uh, but God warns us of unbelief. A sermon was preached here in our church some 25 years ago, and it was entitled, Grow or Die. It was entitled, and it was preached from the scripture, that we either grow in grace, and the option is not grow or stay the same. The option is grow or die. Now, one may decide that they do not want to grow and will not grow anymore, but we cannot decide the consequences of our unbelief, which is to die spiritually. I'm not saying lose your salvation. That doesn't even enter into my thinking, except the Holy Spirit would remind me to say that so you don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But as far as our Christian life is concerned, unbelief, unbelief, is not just uh, not exercising faith. Unbelief is a practice and brings death and terrible consequences to our Christian life. Uh, let me give you a couple illustrations. Unbelief is an action like a tool rusting away for lack of use. Have you ever gone to your garage and you're looking for a tool that you needed and uh, usually the way you find them is not need them, and the way to lose them is need them, but, uh, but, but, but you go find a tool that you haven't used for a long time, and you find that the tool hasn't just been lying there, it has been rusting, been rusting. Some years ago, I, a, business was, a, a, a store was going out of business, and uh, the manager was a member of our church, and he said, I have a bunch of shotgun shells, uh, that I need to sell and sell cheap. And so I bought, I don't know how many cases of shotgun shells. I'm not an avid hunter. I, I, I like to shoot, uh, but, but to be an avid hunter, you have to shoot what you're shooting at. And, uh, and, and, and uh, anyway, I saw the other day the price of ammunition is now so high uh, 
uh, that folks can't afford to fire a warning shot, so be careful. And uh, so, uh, but, but I, I was going to go dove hunting, and, and, and I usually have dove hunted one day a year, one day a year, usually the first or second or third day of September, and uh, I enjoy doing that, and I enjoy eating uh, the dove. And uh, boy, I tell you what, it takes more than what I can kill to fill me up, but uh, they're little. And, uh, but, but I went to get some shotgun shells, and I noticed they hadn't just been lying there. They were rusting. They're ruined. And I use that as an illustration to say, if you're not using your faith, there are negative consequences of not being active in using your faith. For example, if you have a car... Uh, that you don't ever use, and oftentimes cars, uh, they'll be uh, what they call a barn find or a car that's been sitting that uh, maybe someone passed away and they left it for a child or a grandchild just been sitting there. The car just doesn't sit there and wait for the next person to use it. Uh, the car is sitting there and it's deteriorating after a while. Uh, the battery goes dead after a while. The tires go flat after a while. Uh, those Chevrolets begin to rust actually when the day you buy them. Now you sit still, I'm going to preach the truth whether you like it or not. And, uh, and, and, and so they don't just sit there waiting to be used, they rust. Now what I want to preach tonight, God not only promotes us to live by faith, he also gives a warning of living in unbelief. You may say, I'm going to stay neutral. There's no such thing as being neutral. You're either living by faith or you're rusting as a Christian. You're either living by faith or you're rusting as a Christian. Time would not allow me to give you all of these, but I want to share with you some of the things, uh, some of the things the Bible says that are warnings of our unbelief. Uh, you may say, well, I'm just, I've just been tired and I've been resting and I haven't been using my faith. I haven't been claiming the promises of God. I haven't been moving forward. I haven't been growing. And I'm going to start growing. Uh, what you've been doing is active, but it's not active in faith. You're rusting uh, in your Christian life and you are weakening in your faith. And I'm preaching tonight. Let's be a people of faith in God. There are promises that we need. We need the wisdom of God. Don't you go to work tomorrow without asking God for wisdom. God can give you wisdom. God can run a business just like he can run a church. If he can keep the sun and the moon and stars in their place and all of this time, uh, since he put them there, he can activate uh, wisdom in your life if you'll claim the promises of God. Now, my purpose tonight is not to preach on faith, but to warn you, if we don't live by faith, that unbelief, is a rust in the Christian life. For example, unbelief grieves God. Unbelief grieves God. So tomorrow, if I don't use faith in claiming the promises of God, uh, for example, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, but without faith it's impossible to please him. So anything I do that is not of faith, now, now how, how would that be? That means if I attempted to preach a sermon without saying God, I can't preach a sermon. I could be a voice. I could be a vessel, but I want to yield that to you. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to preach through me to accomplish your will. That pleases God. But if I say, I've been preaching nearly 40 years. I think I can preach this sermon without God. God may say, go ahead and try it. And they may hear and they may smile and they may even cry. But we need more than theatrical emotion tonight. We need the word of God to penetrate our heart guided and directed, laser guided by the Holy Spirit of God to give us what we need. 
unbelief grieves at God. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and verse number 5 that Enoch pleased God. Then he says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 17. We need wisdom in the rearing of our children. We need wisdom in being grandparents that are proper examples to our grandchildren. We need wisdom. We need the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us in our lives, in our responsibilities through this week. You can either do that by faith or say, I've been doing this long enough. I can do it without God. And so you do it in unbelief. You either activate your faith or you're in unbelief. You either use it or it rusts. And I'm saying tonight, unbelief has a consequence. Notice Matthew 17 and verse number 14. The Bible says this, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a teenager. I'm sorry. For he is a lunatic and sore vexed, and oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often into the water. Now look at verse 16. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. And they could not cure him. They could not. So they had come to conclusion, we can't help this boy. They'd come to that conclusion. They couldn't help him, so they concluded, and it says they could not cure him. Verse 17. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Now what happened? They tried to heal the boy. And rather than them bringing him to Jesus by faith, which is eventually what the father did, they concluded we can't do it. Now quit giving up on God. Quit saying I can't because you never could anyway. It's only by faith that we can accomplish anything. Interesting story. You recall the story where the disciples were in the boat and they fished and they caught nothing. Jesus said, have you any meat? And they said, we have none. He said, cast on the other side. It's an interesting story. When you look at the problem in that story, it wasn't the boat. There's anything wrong with the boat. There's nothing wrong with the church either. The church is not catching any fish. It's not, it's not a problem with the church. Jesus said upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We don't need to change the church. The boat's okay. The problem in catching the fish wasn't with the nets. Because they eventually did catch fish. By the way, there's nothing wrong with the gospel message, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We don't need a social gospel. We don't need a feel-good gospel. We don't need a rock and roll show. We just need the preaching of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with the boats. There's nothing wrong with the nets. There wasn't anything wrong with the fishermen. They'd caught fish before. Now, if you read the passage, one doubted, one complained. They did what most all of us do in our lives. What was the difference in them not catching fish and catching fish? Jesus, can you help us? Hello? You know what happens? You see, it's not just a matter of us not living by faith. 
unbelief has a terrible consequence and we grieve God when we don't live by faith in him. So it's not just me deciding I'm going to live by faith if I don't live by faith tomorrow, if I don't trust him in all that I do, if I don't trust him in my work of this week and my preparation of the work this week, if I don't trust him, what I'm saying is I can do it without him. That's unbelief and unbelief has a rusting and rotting consequence. I give you the second one, unbelief is blinding. Not only will faith open a person's eyes to the goodness and power of God, unbelief will keep a person bound in their blindness. Rust on the unused tools, blindness. See by faith or be blind. Take your Bible and go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Notice, if you will, Mark chapter 5 and go down to verse number 39. Mark chapter 5, verse number 39. This is Jairus' daughter uh, that ha had died. And notice what the Bible says, verse number 38, Mark 5, 38. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. Now you say, I would never do that. Every time the scripture says something that's different than how I feel, I have a decision whether I believe the word of God or I believe how I feel. Sometimes we like these, we laugh or we mock and say, well, that might help, uh, that might work for the preacher, that might work for some Christians, that won't work for me. That's what the devil wants you to believe. The Bible is not listed for preachers or for certain Christians. This is for children of God. This is your book like it is mine. The Bible says, verse number 40, and they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all out, I think of that and I wonder if he let them stay. If they just said, wow, she was dead, I'm glad you're here. But because of their unbelief, they were put out. They didn't get to see. He taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Tabitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, uh, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked for she was of the age of 12 years, and they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Unbelief is blinding. Have faith in God. Have enough faith that when you read a promise of God in the morning, you say, that promise is for me. That promise is mine. I'm going to claim the promise of God's love. I'm going to claim the promise of God's wisdom. I'm going to claim his compassion. I'm going to claim the promise of God that God is with me. I'm not alone today. He's not only going with me. He is my, he's going to go ahead of me. He's my re-reward. He's going to come behind me. God is with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Claim the promises of God because unbelief will take you through the day and take you through the week blinded. Don't read the Bible and say, well, I, I, just, I just don't believe that. God will put blinders on you. 
I like what the one man said in total honesty and transparency. He said, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. I don't believe as much as I want to believe. I want to believe. I'm working to believe. God bless that little bit of faith. Unbelief grieves God. Unbelief is blinding. Unbelief causes, to ask, causes us to ask the question, can God? You see, faith believes in God that can make a way. But in Psalm 78, verse number 19, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Think about what happened when Israel had faith in God. They were nothing. They had no strength. They had no power. They were slaves in the land of Egypt, but by faith, God brought them out with a high hand. They crossed the Red Sea on dry land by faith, but when they came to the wilderness and they lost their faith and they didn't activate their faith, you see, you can't be neutral. You either are believing or you are in unbelief. You're either practicing your faith or you're practicing unbelief. And you may say, well, I'm just going to be neutral today. There is no neutral. If you don't practice your faith, you're going to rust away in your Christian life. And they came to the place. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Unbelief causes us to question God. Unbelief makes people nearsighted. Faith helps us to see beyond the current difficulties of life to a better time. I want you to look at me. I want you to think with me real close. Look at me. The book of Hebrews lists a group of people. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. They never got a single reward for serving God on this earth. Look at me. They never got a single reward for serving God on this earth. They didn't get any reward until they got to heaven. What faith? And they said it's worth not only serving God, it's worth dying as a martyr, dying as a martyr. If I never receive a single blessing of God outside of my salvation, if I never receive anything on this side and my reward is on the other side and my reward is in heaven, too many Christians are mad because they didn't get paid in green cash on last Friday from serving God. I want to tell you something tonight. There ought to be times that we serve God without a payday and serve him again without a payday and serve him again without a payday. And those people who can serve God in the tough times and say, if I never get a reward from God till I get to heaven, I'm going to keep on serving God. Amen. Unbelief makes people nearsighted. The Bible says in 2 Peter 1 9, but he that lacketh these things and that chapter is talking about adding to our faith. It talks about practicing our faith. If we don't add to our faith, uh, he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. How many people have I witnessed to and said, do you know for sure you're going to heaven when you die? No, I don't know that for sure. May I tell you? Sure. I began to go through the plan of salvation and they say, I've done that. If you've done that, that's all you can do to become a child of God and go to heaven. Why is it that you don't have the assurance that you're going to heaven? I'll tell you why. They never add to their faith. They use faith to trust Christ. Use faith one time. Like a tool, it just put away. And it rusts. See, you can't, you can't go from faith to comfort to unbelief. You and I are either living in faith or we're living in unbelief. I say to us tonight, let's live by faith in God. 
Unbelief troubles the heart. John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. You know what he was saying? Activate your faith. Think, think, think. What was he saying? You believe in me. What does that mean? They believe in him. That means they have eternal life. That means they're going to heaven when they die. That means the worst thing that can happen is for them to enter through that portal that takes them to eternal life, uh, eternal life that we call death, that Paul called departure. And so unbelief will trouble the heart. You see, if you don't uh, keep your faith in God strong, you'll come to the place that when circumstances come that are not to our likings, we have a troubled heart. They didn't want Jesus to go back to heaven, but he told them, I have to go back to the Father. I came to fulfill the will of the Father. I do always those things that uh, uh, please the Father. He was going back to heaven, and he said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Unbelief troubles the heart. You see, you can't be just neutral. You're either living by faith or you're living in unbelief. Unbelief limits or hinders God. When I was a boy, one of the things I enjoyed doing was playing in the creek. How many of you played in the creek when you was a kid? That's a, that's a lot of fun, playing in the creek, especially in the summertime. The dog days of summertime. The only thing I hated about the creek were the snakes. The only thing I didn't like about being in the hills was the snakes. The only thing I didn't like in the garden were the snakes. I don't like the snakes. But I remember playing in the creek. And, 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 and I remember, I mean, I didn't have anything to do but to play. Chores and things were cared for. I mean, that's just the way summer was. And I remember building a dam in the creek. What was just a small stream of water? I'd build a dam. You know why I built the dam? So I could break it. <laughs> and watch it flood everything below. And then I'd build it again. I'd put army men up there, and the army always won. I mean, we, we defeated every enemy. I mean, World War I, World War II, World War III, World War IV. I love to watch that water as it backed up. I love to watch it wash down and, 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 and just, just wash everything out. I'd put all the enemy down there below the dam. I'm being a tad childish right now, but I, I, I'm just telling you what I did. It beats you getting beat 245 games on that stupid video game you're playing. But anyway, I'd put all the bad guys below the dam, and I'd say, watch out now, fellas. They're going to come up here and get you. But I didn't tell them that was a dam with water back here. I'd get them all piled up, and then I'd break the dam, and I'd, wash the en I'd watch the enemy just, just wash away. I thought of that today when I was thinking about unbelief hinders the power of God. I need God's power in my life flowing. I got folks to pray for this week that need an answer to prayer, and I mean that I take it personal. When I talk to mom and dad and little Matthew, two years old this morning, and I carry that name, and I pray for that name, and I pray for that young man, Kevin. I'm asking God to touch and heal that young man. I, I, I'm not going through the motions of prayer. 
I, I pray for Sister Effie as she has surgery tomorrow. She's been dealing with cancer. I, I, I pray for Brother Coker and his wife. They'd planned to be in church today and just, just weren't able to come. I don't know how many folks I've texted today. I missed them in church. I pray for Brother Bill Steindorf today. I'm asking God to touch his body. You, you, you know what I like? I like it when God shows up and everybody knows nobody could do that but God. I like for God to show up. And I don't want unbelief to be a dam or to hinder the power of God flowing in my life. Let me give you the last thing and I'm finished. Unbelief is the sin for those that have never trusted Christ as Savior. It's the sin that will take you to a devil's hell for all eternity. Unbelief. You know what repentance is? Repentance is turning from unbelief to faith in Christ. Turning from trusting in anything and everything and whatever things I'm trusting in. Understanding that I'm a sinner, guilty of sin before God. I'm living on death row. Repentance and faith. They're the two sides of the same coin. Turning from unbelief to faith in God. You may say, well, I, I'm, I'm just not a person to put faith in God. If you don't, you'll die and go to hell. You must be born again to go to heaven. You're watching me online tonight. You've never been saved. You need to put your faith in Christ. It's not a matter of being religious or joining a church. It's a matter of putting your faith in Christ for salvation. Now tonight I could have just preached on the blessings of faith and we could have said, yeah, that's good. I might do one of those or two of those or three of those. But God not only tells us in the Bible the blessings of faith, he tells us the consequences of unbelief. I don't want to live in unbelief. That's why I want to live by faith in him. Stand with me if you will. Faith in God and the consequences of unbelief. Heavenly Father.